No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in to the Monday edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin with you here on a Monday. Sean, Super Wild Card Weekend in the books. We don't have a fancy name for this upcoming weekend in the playoffs, so that's it. Super divisional round of the NFL playoffs coming up. When I was a kid, Schubert, all of our video games, the good ones at least, all started with the word super. So I appreciate it. Like, you know, Super Mario Brothers, Super Tecmo Bowl, uh, you know, Super Punch Out even was a good okay. quality set. You know, okay. game. Uh, no. I mean, Let's all keep going here. How many just kept going you do? Super yeah, that's three. Um, you named three. You said Super all. RC Pro Am was another solid okay. game. Um, right. There's got to be. There's a handful more. I mean, there's everything. Everything had Super in front of it, so it was good. Super everything Wild Card super Weekend. Mm-hmm. And you named four things. Yeah. Everything you named yeah. four. Well, it could have really just stopped after Super Tech Techmo Super Bowl. I mean, that that's that's a quality game. That so technically we, doesn't start with Super. It's Tecmo there was Super Bowl. there was Super Tecmo Super. There was, I'm telling you, there okay. was Super Tecmo Bowl. There was Super. Everything started with Super Schubert. You had to be there. You had to live in the '80s. It was brilliant. It was amazing. Um, but so I appreciated that name, Super Wildcard Weekend. It kind of felt like you know the old school retro stuff. So let's just keep it going. Super divisional round of the NFL playoffs, which will not include the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to get into that a little bit later. We have the not-so-rapid uh, not so rundown. I believe that portion of the program is where Sean will give you an update on the cashing with Crestman picks from yesterday's Noble Live show. If you haven't gotten a chance to catch that, you'll, you'll get an update <laughs> from that later. But, Sean, if you could please hit the magical button, play the music so we can tell everybody what is in the lead on the program. This is the one they're talking about. Sean, I have only two stories for you. And the reason for that is the first story, I think, needs kind of its own segment. So I'm changing in the lead to talking about this specific story. And that is the fact that tonight, 6 o'clock, Ohio State and Alabama are going to take the field to determine who is the national champion. Yes, we have made it. We did. I wasn't sure we were going to get here, but we are playing the college football playoff national championship game tonight. Ohio State and Alabama, two unbeatens enter. Only one will uh, survive. One will leave the building undefeated and as the national champion. Sean, I'm excited for this game for a couple of reasons. As you may know, my team has the number two pick in the draft. And one of the guys they might be considering a quarterback is playing in this game tonight. And I'm not talking about Mac Jones. So that is why I'm excited about this game. But hey, a great way to finish the college football season because this should be a fun game tonight. All right. I'm going to put you on. I'm going to put you on blast here. What did you say to me shortly before we went? Yeah. I have zero interest in Justin Fields being a New York Jet, but that doesn't change the fact that they are considering him at number two. So I got to watch him. No, 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 no. This is a Zach Wilson no, fan no, no, no. but I want no business with no. Justin Fields. Say what you said to me before we went on the air. That I don't want Justin Fields? You said, I hope Justin Fields plays terrible tonight oh, because yes, I yeah. don't want yes. the yes. Jets to yes. draft him. I'm like, dude, that's yes. awful. That's, that's an right. awful thing to say. This kid's right. putting. I hope Justin Fields throws four picks so that Jets fans and the Jets front office begin to reconsider potentially taking Justin Fields number two. Only because, I listen, this is nothing personal against Justin Fields. I just want Zach Wilson. So if Justin Fields plays well, great. If he wins a national championship, great. I'm not rooting against Ohio State. But if he like played poorly and it made the Jets kind of reconsider their position and consider Zach Wilson, listen, I'm okay with that. I would be, I would be a thing with that. So if you're keeping score at home, last Monday, uh, also known as Black Monday in the NFL, Chris Schubert <laughs> celebrating people getting fired, and this oh, this, this no, Monday, one this Monday, Chris Schubert 
hoping a young man throws five interceptions on the biggest game of his life. What a terrible hey, thing to wish upon Big Ben somebody. did it yesterday. He sure you did. You can't beat him showing him. So. Okay, we'll get there in a moment. Uh, maybe the last game of his life for, for Big Ben. Uh, but no, this is, uh, the national title game is always fun. Her, Coach Herm, Coach Herm going to be a part of the ESPN broadcast oh, yeah. tonight. So be watching. Uh, I'll be watching one of those side channels. It's probably on ESPN News or the Ocho or something weird. But you'll, you'll be able to find it. And, and you, know, you know they always have that the super broadcast or whatever, whatever the hell they call it, where they've got all the different coaches. But Coach Herm going to be a part of it tonight. Good pu- good publicity for Arizona State and their program. But uh, no, the yeah. national title, national championship is always it's always a great day, right? The Monday night national title game. You got Ohio State. Yeah, you got Alabama. Arguably, probably, I would say the two best teams in the country. I know a lot of people want to talk about Ohio State and the lack of games they had to play. They're not as beat up as some of the other schools or didn't have to be as tested as some of the other schools. Just watch them play, man. They're one of the top two teams in the country. I have no problems with this matchup. Should be a fun game. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Alabama, the powerhouse that they are, trying to win another national championship. Roll so. damn tide. I'll put you on the spot, Sean. Can I get a pick for this game out of you? Can I get a pick? Alabama, Ohio State National Championship tonight. We will reconvene uh, Against this on the spread or straight up? No, no, no. Just who wins the national championship? Alabama. Listen, we, yesterday was enough betting from you. Okay? I don't <laughs> yeah. need... Oh, my God. 0 for 3 yesterday, by the way. And I pushed all my fictitious chips we use on the Sunday. Pro. I don't know what we're going to do. We have to come up with a new segment now because cashing in with Crespin's over for the year. I have no more yeah, fictitious money. Over, I think. Um, <laughs> but Alabama is the better football team they're they're a machine man so you know they're i think they're eight point favorites going into this game eight 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 and a half Nine something like that yeah. uh give me alabama roll tide yeah i agree i think alabama wins this football game i just think they're the more complete team they've been the yeah. more dominant team all year i mean to be as dominant as they have been against some of the top teams in the sec and then to do what they did in the playoff uh to notre dame in this year that's been crazy and has been just a lack of consistency for everybody for Alabama to do what they've done it's impressive and I listen I think Ohio State's going to give them a test but I think Alabama ultimately comes through and wins the national championship but don't be surprised if Ohio State wins the football game right I think to Sean's point this is a team that you look at the record and you say oh they don't belong and yeah we had that conversation but that, that conversation's over now we're playing the football games Ohio State did what they did against Clemson now they have a chance to prove it against Alabama so this should be a lot of fun okay one more story for you in the lead then we got a ton of football to get into this one hockey related Sean and I, I know that it's very weird for a hockey story to make it in the lead but I don't know if you know that the season starts this week the NHL season actually starts this week, and the Coyotes made some news today. This reported by Arizona Sports. Shane Doan going to be brought back in, in a capacity with the Arizona Coyotes as Chief Hockey Development Officer. And what I love about this is that's a that has to be a completely brand new made-up. I was just going to ask that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know like if, if other teams and other organizations have a Chief Hockey Development Officer, but they should create that role, and Shane Doan going to report to, to ownership, going to report to the front office, the CEO, Xavier Gutierrez, and he's going to work as a strategic advisor to, to, to owner and GM and be involved in business and hockey operations and advise on decisions. So just another year. You see this all the time when, when, when former players retire and then they move into the next phase of their career. They're, they're kind of brought back in that senior advisor role you hear about in baseball all the time. Yeah. That's what this is. They want Shane Doan to be a part of this team moving forward. He's that 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 branch between the, the team and the community, and I think this is a home run move by the Coyotes. Yeah, the Suns do it all the time. They come up with new vice presidents of like vice president of this or vice president of yeah. that, and they give you know said player a role. But if there's anybody that deserves that for the Yotes, 
Shane Doan, Shane right? Doan. I mean, if there's anybody that deserves that kind of a treatment, it's it, it's definitely Shane Doan. So just to have him around the the the, the program is, is is outstanding. So now some fun news there. And you're right, uh, with everything going on in, in in the NFL, college football now, the NBA Suns playing well. You almost lose track. NHL, the Yotes, hockey, back after it this week, man. It's crazy. And uh, we'll see. I mean, they're already dealing with some teams being shut down and having to kind of work around some scheduling conflicts already. They're kind of mm-hmm. now starting to go through. Well, the NBA the had NBA that issue. Currently yeah. going through, and they're still having that issue, right? They're yep. still going through that with with positive t- cases and positive tests and trying to make sure teams have the, the the minimum amount to play. And there's a lot of a lot of moving around that needs to be done. So. Uh, the, the NHL has a tough test ahead of them. They're trying to create revenue in any way possible since there's no, going to be no fans in the building. Hopefully they can get through the season at hand. All right, that's going to do it for In the Lead here on a Monday. And Sean, it's time for the football talk to really begin. Because coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Last week, we laid out the situation that the Cardinals find themselves in. Now, how should they prioritize moving forward in the offseason? We'll get into it next year on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. You know, Schubert, if only there was one place you could go, like if you had your interest in a new vehicle, a new ride, if only one place you could go that would guarantee yeah. you'd be able to take a look at it, uh, maybe even set up an opportunity for you to test drive that vehicle. Maybe, maybe I mean, in today's social distancing, it'd be great if they would just bring that vehicle to you, right? Like right to your front door so you could test drive I, I it. I wish that place existed, It Sean, would just really be do. amazing, right? You know, yeah. uh, I, it does actually, Schubert. Noble.com, head to noble.com, uh, check out the Noble Express option. Earnhardt Auto Centers is going to take care of you over 10 thousand vehicles available for you to browse there at nobold.com and i talked about wouldn't it be great if they'd bring a vehicle to your front door that's what the noble express option is right there at the header of the of nobold.com right in the middle of the page you can't miss it click on that bad boy they'll bring a vehicle to your front door for you to test drive you can finish the financial application right there online and when you finish the process they're going to bring your new vehicle right there to your front door as well. It's the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and prices that can't be beat right there online at your fingertips. Noble.com, the Noble Express option. And, of course, 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, and 17 brands. So if you want to go out, test drive it, take a look at the vehicle in person still, that's obviously still an option. Earnhardt Auto Centers has you covered any way you can imagine. It's a name you know you can trust. 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. So, Sean, I'm going to give us credit here because I thought last week on this show, you and I did a fantastic job laying out the the situation that the Arizona Cardinals find themselves in when it comes to this offseason, right? The, the salary cap issue, the list of their free agents, and then the draft situation, only having five picks and Steve Kahn going to be running another draft. And we kind of went through the draft history of this team and we laid it out there. We put it all out there. This is, this is what happens when, you know, you go 8-8, eight eight, you're no longer in the playoffs. You kind of do a post-mortem. You set yourself up for what the offseason is going to look like. Well, now, Sean, I think as now another week is in the books. We are one week closer to there being no more NFL games, which is a sad thought to think about. But it also means we are one week closer to free agency and off-season moves and trade rumors and then ultimately the NFL draft where teams really try to put their rosters together for next season. So I thought this would be a nice opportunity, Sean, to kind of look at this from a big-picture view and try to prioritize here ahead of time what the Arizona Cardinals need to do this offseason. Making a priority list when you consider the free agents they have, the holes that they need to fill, and the assets or lack thereof that they have in order to do it. And Sean, I think you and I are in agreement 
of where this list needs to go and where it needs to be at the top. But I think here at the beginning of this segment, we should probably lay out all of the different things that the Cardinals should be putting on this list in terms of what we need to accomplish this offseason. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna put together like a, a pecking order of where they where they need to go, obviously I think job number one is to see if you can communicate with some of your your uh, players that are actually on contract, the 33 players that are right now on contract, and see if there's any way you can move money around, backload some deals, restructure some contracts to open up some type of cash flow. Because again, if you didn't, if you weren't able to catch our shows last week when we talked about where they're at cap-wise, there's no, obviously, there's no solid number yet because it hasn't been set. It won't be until after the season's over and uh, we don't know how much it's going to come down, if it's going to stay pat, where it's going to be. But the pro- projections for the Arizona Cardinals is somewhere around $13 million. That's not going to be enough to truly, A, bring back a lot of the talent you have that is hitting the free agent market. And that's not going to be enough to make a splash anywhere. So I think job number one, Schubert, is, all right, let's 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 see if we can get creative here with the 33 contracts we have in place right now. Let's see if we can you know, restructure some of these, move some money to future years. I mean, let's see if we can get creative here and open up some cash flow. That's job number one. Job number two, and I think it's the one we, sh- we should discuss here on the program today, you've got a plethora of free agents of your own that you need to decide whether or not you want them as a part of the Arizona Cardinals going forward. You can afford them as a part of the Arizona Cardinals going forward. And then if you right. can strike a deal with them, and, and if, if that's the case... In, in what pecking order, what, you know, if you were to prioritize the free agent list that you have right now, what might it look like? And here's some of the names on that list. Patrick Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald, Kenyon Drake, Hassan Reddick, and the way he performed, especially in the back half of the year. Devondre Campbell. Remember, you got really creative with that contract last year. It was like a three-year deal, but really it was a one-year deal. Uh, J.R. Sweezy, Marcus Golden. You know, those names are all on the free agent list. How are you prioritizing those names? I think that's going to be a fascinating discussion to have with the Arizona Cardinals um, and and a hard one to have in many ways as well. And I th- when I say that, I'm talking about the Patrick Petersons of the world and really the Larry Fitzgeralds of the world. Because you're so cap-strapped, you know, cap-strapped right now if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you might have to make a hard... We, we kept talking about whether or not Larry Fitzgerald wants to come back for another year. And obviously, I think you do everything you can to try to make that happen if he indeed does. But you might be in a position where you can't bring Larry Fitzgerald back. And I think when you're prioritizing that list of names, which I think we're going to do here in a moment, mm-hmm. Larry might be fairly low on that list. And that's, that's a hard conversation to have. It's a hard conversation to have, but it's a real conversation that needs to be had because what you can't do as a fan is you can't fall into this trap of, oh, it's Larry. We have to have Larry back. Well, we can't as a coming, fan. The, the, the franchise can't, but as a fan, but we you can't. can't do it, but you can't do it at the expense of not being able to fill actual holes on your roster. And, and that's not to say that the, the Cardinals wide receiver room is perfect. By no stretch is it, right? After DeAndre Hopkins, there's a lot of question marks. But guess what? Those question marks include Larry Fitzgerald, who it was the injuries. It might have been being a year older. But, Sean, Larry Fitzgerald's now been in Cliff Kingsbury's system for two years now. And both years have left a lot to be desired. So you have to wonder if if it's a combination of Larry's getting older, he, he got banged up last year, but also is it a case of maybe Larry doesn't necessarily fit what Cliff is trying to do here. And when you add all of that up, you need to ask yourself, is it worth it? to commit the kind of money on a one-year deal that Larry Fitzgerald is going to command when it could come at the expense of bringing back an Hassan Reddick, bringing back a Patrick Peterson, 
bringing back a Kenyon Drake, whatever that decision may be. Now, I think us on this show, we think, and we'll, this is where we'll go next, Hassan Reddick needs to be at the top of this list because I think you can address the corner situation with replacing Patrick Peterson and replacing the running back situation with Kenyon Drake through your draft capital, right? You have a first-round pick, and I've seen mocks in the first rounds from all over the place have them going corner. I've seen Caleb Farley's name thrown out there, and I've also seen Travis Etienne mocking them at 16. So mocks all over the place have you either going corner or running back. There's going to be talent available to you at 16 to fix one of those holes or address one of those holes, and then you hope with your other draft capital you can address the other one. But I think Hassan Reddick, when you look at what he did this year, Sean, I wonder... I was talking with a buddy about this last night. He threw out something that we I, I hadn't considered on this show. Maybe it's not a long-term extension for Hassan Reddick. Maybe you put the franchise tag on him. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a, that's definitely a possibility. You put the franchise tag on him, and then you're paying him top. You know, it, what really, it really boils down to is you passed up on his fifth-year option back in May. You know, you passed up on his fifth-year option. I, I, again, you, this couldn't even, this doesn't even necessarily that, have to be a conversation that. right now. Uh, you passed up on his fifth-year option back in May, and now we're talking about franchise tagging him. You know, to, where you're going to pay him, pay him even more than what that fifth-year option would have been. Uh, here's another thing to consider, because yeah, that that is an option, but understand what you're paying somebody at that at that point, and do you even have the money to to want to do that? Um, Hassan Reddick, in his four years with the Arizona Cardinals, has a total of 20 sacks 12.5 of those came this year one last year he had four in his second year 2018 two and a half in the rookie year this is a situation where you've had one year of really solid mm -hmm. football from Hassan Reddick now you and I have talked about why that more than likely is think about the changes that have happened over you know over the course of his his young career from James Betcher being the defensive coordinator his rookie season to then you move on to Steve Wilkes Wilkes has gone after one year now we're changing terminology changing everything else again when you bring in Vance Joseph in 2019 and now you're finally in year two with the same coordinator for the first time of your career and things are starting to click um so you know I would say continuity had a lot to do with the fact that he's had one really solid year um, but that the question that that's going to be used against him in, in negotiations, and you do have to ask yourself: Is this a one-off year for Hassan Reddick? Do I want to commit to that? So if, I think you and I are both saying, yeah, he should be near the top of this list for Arizona Cardinal free agents. But those are questions you have to have. I think there's been a lot of things that have gone against him in these previous three years: the lack of continuity, as I mentioned, being played out of position, which we've talked about. But I, it is a legitimate question. Like we we've seen a lot of other players. In the contract year, Schubert, do you mm -hmm. see these numbers all of a sudden? So it's a legit question you have to ask yourself if you are going to put him at the top of the priority list. And, and and I think that's where the franchise tag kind of comes into play. You are absolutely correct that putting a one-year franchise tag on Hassan Reddick costs you more for this singular year. But if you're not sold that the improvements made by Hassan Reddick this year are sustainable over what would probably be a three- or four-year contract that could cost you upwards of 9 to $10 million a season, maybe you go franchise tag next year and say, okay, prove it, right? Prove that last year wasn't an aberration. Now, this is where you have to play the pros and cons, and this is another example, Sean, as to the situation that the Cardinals and Steve Kime have dug themselves, right? Where they have to be almost too precise with how they spend every dollar of cap this offseason that the decision between franchise tagging Hassan Reddick and potentially paying him a three or four year contract is so important to get right 
right? The decision you make there has a butterfly effect of, okay, if we go franchise tag, maybe we can't do X, Y, and Z. But yep. if we go this contract where we only, we're only paying them nine or 10 compared to what the franchise tag would be, we might be able to do this other stuff. Well, so this is a massively important decision. Yeah, with a longer term contract, you can backload it. You can, you know what I mean? You can get trickier. When it comes to the franchise tag, I'm looking at the numbers from this year. Uh, actually, that's the transition tag. Franchise tag uh, right here. Ooh, <laughs> you want to know what the franchise tag was for a linebacker in 2020? $15.8 million was yeah. the franchise so they, tag. They don't have that. In 2020, they don't have, they have, they don't have that. that. The transition tag, which is completely different. Um, not completely, but a little bit different. 13.7. Either way, you don't have it. So they, your franchise tagging, I think, is probably out the window because that would be literally it. That's it. That's all you have. Right now, the estimation for the Arizona Cardinals, and again, it is an estimation because we don't know what the salary cap is going to you know, truly be next year with, with all the, the uncertainty, but you're, you're estimated to be about $13 million in cap space. So say you bring back Hassan Reddick you know, and you franchise tag him, last year it was $15 million. Yeah, so you, you, you don't have that. You, you just don't have. So that, that to me says no on the franchise tag. If you want to keep Hassan, Hassan Reddick, you're negotiating for a long-term contract in which you're, you're hoping he's willing to backload the deal uh, and, and, and get creative with his contract to make it work for this year and allow the team to do some other things to stay competitive. Because uh, it, it, your franchise tag with the 15.8 last year, that's not an option. I'd also like to, to offer a PSA real quick, okay? to people who go to places like overthecap.com and they see that, oh, the Cardinals have 20.8 million in cap space. What are Christian Sean talking about? Well, you have to go a little bit deeper to, than that and, and look at what their effective cap space is because the effective cap space is the maximum cap space a team is going to have when it will have signed at least 51 players to the roster for that season, which is what you have to have. So that's where the difference is. You have to get to the minimum roster amount, and you have to pay those guys the minimum NFL salary. So when you add that up to the 51, what's left over represents the, the effective cap space for a team because they don't have 51 guys no, they have on their 33 roster. right now. When you compare it to a team like the Jags, who currently have 59 guys on their roster for next year, guess what? All 73 million of their cap space is effective because they don't have to technically add anybody to their roster mm -hmm. where the Cardinals do. So that's why this situation is so dire. That's why the number is so much smaller. So, Sean, I think we agree Hassan Reddick needs to be priority number one. Uh, is priority number two Patrick Peterson? I know some people think Patrick Peterson should be way down the list. Um, but when you look at their situation at corner, I mean, are you rolling in right right now? You'd be rolling in with your top two cornerbacks being Byron Murphy and Robert Alford. Like, eh, I, no, that's not going to be it. Or maybe a draft pick, right? You maybe you, you use the 16th overall with a corner, but now you got a guy learning on the job next, you know, across from Byron Murphy, Robert Alford. Maybe you bring back a Drake Kirkpatrick, who I believe made less than two million dollars last year, if I remember correctly, from OverTheCap.com. Uh, so you're able to, you know, bring that room back, but. Does that do it for you? Like, does that make you feel comfortable rolling into next year with that 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 list of of, of players at corner? Uh, not me. You know, I know Patrick Peterson's definitely had his issues this year. He made thirteen point one last year. I don't think he's going to command that on the open market based off of the last couple of years. Um, so I think you you might be able to get him at a lower number, but. Um, how much lower though? Yeah, that's, again, that's, every, that's every the dollar question. counts. That's, every that's, dollar that's counts. the question. Where you know where does he where does Patrick Peterson come in on the list? I think he's high. I think he's probably the first person you sit down with just so you see where he's at. Because if you're able to bring him back, you do. But if he's not, 
if you if it's just a number that's not that's not going to be it's just not going to work for you okay let him go hit the market and then you you operate as if you're not going to have him in terms of signing other players um you know so i i yeah i would probably say hassan reddick above patrick peterson but patrick peterson's right there in terms of guys i would like to see return next year i put yes. it that way in terms of the overall situation of the team i think patrick peterson's at the top of the list because the cornerback position is so it's not great your your yeah, room I, right now is not great you've got other pass rushers i mean you get chandler jones coming back next year you know what i mean um maybe just for next year as that's the last year for his contract too plus you have kyler murray which will be after year three which makes him eligible for a new contract next year which will get tricky as well but that's for another story that's for another day um you have other pass rushers so you, in my opinion you don't have other number one corners in the nfl a true number one nfl corner I don't think you have one on the roster outside of Patrick Peterson. So I'm probably putting him slightly ahead of Hassan Reddick in my pecking order of what I got to figure out. Obviously, job A, job number A, right, as Mike Bauer used to always mm-hmm. say on our, our, our morning show, job number A yeah. uh, right. is to figure out whether or not other people are willing to negotiate with you to restructure their contracts to open up some more money. That's job number A, right? And then job, uh, job letter two would be um, you're gonna you're gonna call you're gonna call Patrick Peterson see where he's at and I put him slightly ahead of Hassan Reddick. Uh, then you have to address the running back position as well. Kenyon Drake he's just under a thousand yards, ten touchdowns. You overpaid him a bit on the transition tag last year, I think at eight and a half. So you know it, it could, it, Kenyon Drake, do you want to bring him back or do you want to assess the address the running back position in the uh, through the draft? I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of questions and these are all understand. We haven't even ventured outside your own building yet, and we can't figure out how you're going to sign these players. So I, I just don't know where the splash is coming for the Arizona Cardinals this year in terms of improving at a talent standpoint. I don't. But my pecking order is going to be Patrick Peterson slightly ahead of Hassan Reddick. And then I'm probably looking at other role players. I don't re-sign Kenyon Drake. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but don't unless, say it, John unless, he, unless he comes back and, you know, and says, I want to come back and I want to come back for an extremely team-friendly deal, I, I'm not bringing back Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I, my order is a little different because I understand the draft needs here, right? And, and the draft capital and the players that are going to be available when this team picks at 16. I think if you if you go with Pat if you go, if you re-sign Patrick Peterson and you let Hassan Reddick walk, you still need to replace him on the field, right? You can't just let him let that spot be open, right? So you're going to then use a draft pick to replace that. Well, I don't know if that's going to be available to you at 16 or even in the second round. Where again, if you look at mock drafts, there's a lot of corners being mocked to them, and there's a lot of running backs. Travis Etienne gets mocked to them a bunch at 16. So mm-hmm. I think you can very – no, you, I, you don't have to like it, but if you're talking about things I think they can address in the draft, corner and running back are high on that list. I don't know if they can replace Hassan Reddick. And again, it is just one year uh, of, of high-caliber play from Hassan Reddick. So I, I think that's why I lean Hassan Reddick up top and then go Patrick Peterson, then Kenyon Drake, and then – Larry Fitzgerald is like at the bottom of the list for me. Like he just is. And it's unfortunate. It is, it's, it's the reality of the National Football League. It, it, it's, it's, it's what it is. It's the reality of the National Football League. You know, he played, he's played in 29 games, 29 games with, with Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, and he has 1,200 yards in those 29 games, five touchdowns. Yeah, he's just not used well. Like, Four, and it's just. It, 400 yards, one touchdown this year in the 13 games. Obviously, you missed some games, you know, uh, with COVID. It's just, it's just not working. I don't think for either party. I, I really don't. 
I don't think it's, is it amazing to have a Larry Fitzgerald on the field leadership wise, veteran leadership in the locker room? Yeah, absolutely. Like remember how big of a deal we made out of the, out of the, the few times this year when the Cardinals needed to get a field goal to end the half and Larry comes sprinting over and picks up the ball and sprints it to the center and they're able to get it, get it clocked and kick the field goal. And, like I mean, there's a lot of little things that Larry brings to the table, obviously just being Larry being, being the veteran leadership, but um, $11 million is what you paid him this year for 409 yards receiving and one touchdown. And at times just kind of non-existent within the, the, the natural progression of the offense. Like I, I, I wonder if it would be better for both parties if, if he doesn't return next year, which is something I never thought I would say ever. Cause you're always a better football team. You're, 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 you're a better person just being around Larry Fitzgerald. Right. And that's, to, that's to not to, 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 yeah. to have that kind of conversation about whether or not they're, you know, it's better for both parties if they if they go their separate ways. It's crazy, but it's 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 a legitimate question. Yeah, and so this is just the beginning, and we're going to continue to follow this and monitor it, and because you know the Cardinals are going to try to get it creative with the cap, and once they do, those numbers change, and it changes how we feel about this. So this is going to be a a very wait and see approach. I think Steve Kimes probably already uh, busy at work trying to come up with plan A, B, and C of how they attack this offseason and how they try to make this team competitive for next year. Coming up next, there are six. Super wild card weekend games to break down. It is the not so rapid rundown. It is next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming and big news. Manscaped just released their brand new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. So join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs. We've talked about it on the show all the time. They get the perfect package 3.0 for Manscaped, uh, the, the lawnmower 3.0 the weed whacker, the, the hair and nose trimmer. You have the, the ball toner, the ball deodorant. You got all of it, but you also now have this signature scent in the Manscaped cologne, the perfect complement to the Perfect Package 3.0, light, approachable, gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. By the way, guys, this is all included when you go to manscaped.com and you use the promo code NOBULL, 20% off and free shipping. You can get this for 20% off the Manscaped Refined here. So head over to manscaped.com, use the promo code NOBULL, you will get 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. All right, Sean Crespin. That music means one thing and one thing only. The not-so-rapid rundown. We have six games to get through. Mm -hmm. So if we can, if we could keep it... Keep it rapid. That'd be great here on Monday. <laughs> and let's go in order. We'll start with the Saturday games, and we'll move to the Sunday games, and we'll start with the game that might have been probably the most entertaining game of the six that we had, and it was the first game, and it was the Colts and the Bills. The Bills squeaking out a 27-24 to victory over the Indianapolis Colts, who came up. They showed up with that running game and that defense in the first half, put themselves in a position to have a chance in that football game. And, Sean, I think the thing everybody's pointing at is oh the Colts lost by three, and they 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 didn't take the three points at the end of the first half. Stop it! How dare they not? Leave? They left points on the board, and it you know look at the score, Sean. They lost by three. They left those three points on the board. It's clearly the reason why they lost. Hogwash, in my opinion. Uh, you go for it there in that spot. It's what the Colts had done all year long. They were aggressive in those situations, 
And if you get a touchdown there and you go up 17 to 7, puts all the pressure on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Everyone talks about the momentum the other way. Think about the momentum that would have been in the Colts' favor if they would have gotten that. Zero issue with it. The Bills were a good football team. They were going to figure it out eventually and get some momentum. They did. This was a fun football game, but the Bills, the better team, they move on. You didn't come into this game thinking you were going to be able to trade field goals for touchdowns and 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 win that game if you're the Colts, if you're Frank Reich. You just didn't, right? So uh, I have no problem with it. Be aggressive. Go get it. You're on the road. In the playoffs, how many times are you going to be down within the Buffalo 10-yard line? Take advantage of it, right? So, it's unfortunately, they didn't get it done. Obviously, Buffalo Buffalo turns around and goes down 96 yards and punches it in, and that's when the, the conversations really started. But uh, that's a really good Buffalo Bills team. The Colts were game. You give them credit. Now the question turns to what is the future of one Phillip Rivers? Was that the final game in his maybe Hall of Fame career? He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's a I, Hall of Famer. Based on, I mean, just look at his numbers. He's a Hall of Famer. It's not again. This isn't baseball. It's not the Hall of Stats. It's the Hall of no, Fame. I understand. Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Based on, he was one of the best at his position for the all of the time that he played. I mean, it's as simple as that. I'll give him the longevity deal. To me, puts puts you there. Um, he had a handful. If you go back to his early years in in San Diego. They were uh, they had a handful of things just just went against them like Ladanian Thomas they were fourteen and two Ladanian Thomason gets hurt he gets hurt as a matter of fact plays through a knee injury there was a lot of things he, he could have a ring if things bounced their way just a yeah. little bit back early in his career I, I would put him I would put him in the Hall of Fame uh, I was just curious what you. Oh, yeah, it's not even. It's a no doubt for me. I think I don't think it's a no doubter. He's definitely not getting in on the first go round. You know, he'll have to wait his turn, like the NFL likes to do. The voters like to do, make you wait a couple of years. Uh, but he, he'll he'll get in eventually, I believe. But but I can you're just right. See him up there in the yellow jacket giving the speech, right? Can't you just picture it? I can picture it with him. You know how I feel about Philip Rivers. I'm, I'm, you I'm, can't stand listen, the guy. There's listen, a bias I'm, here. There's a I'm, bias I'm here. conceding enough just saying he's in. But let, let's just move on from it. 27-24, one of the, one of the more, one of the more uh, entertaining games of the, the weekend for sure. Potentially one of the, 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 this was the shocking result on Saturday, and I thought this was going to be the biggest shock of the entire weekend. Cleveland had a, had a say about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. The Rams go on the road, Sean. John Walford is the starter in this football game. He gets obliterated, gets taken Dude. out of this football game. They have to go to Jared Goff, which, by the way, is a weird circumstance in and of itself that Goff was healthy enough to dress but didn't start the football game. The Rams go in. They beat Seattle 30-20. to They move on. This was an impressive defensive effort, I thought, by the Los Angeles Rams to, to confuse and just make it just a tough day for Russell Wilson and the Seattle team that has not looked the same in months. They have not looked this, this that team we saw in the first two months of the year, not even close to what they looked like uh, on Saturday. It is the Rams moving on on Super Wild. I was driving to Desert Financial Arena to work the Sun Devil basketball game on Saturday against USC and heard on the radio that you know he took a nasty hit and John Walford was going to have to be removed from the game. But it wasn't until I got to the arena and on my phone through the Twitter feed, I started yeah. to see pictures and went, is that man alive? Like, look, he's in the back of an ambulance. Like, holy cow. Uh, but good news is he was back celebrating with the team after the game in the locker room. So uh, John Walford, you know, was up and about. But, you know, you give him credit. Defensively, that's... That's what got this win and the running game. I mean, Acres with 131 yards and a, and a score and made it look easy a lot of the times, right? Like they were gaping holes. Seattle had all kinds of issues. 
I shocked is the only way I can describe how easy the Rams made this game look over mm -hmm. over Seattle. Um, it, it it was never really in doubt from the get go. From the pick six, which was a tremendous play, by the way, as well. Uh, it was never really in doubt. So tip your cap to the Rams. You know, playing merry-go-round at the quarterback position and their defense, Aaron Donald and company getting it done. Now keep an eye on their health, Aaron Donald's health and so forth as they head into the divisional round. But a great win for the Rams. The last game, the nightcap of Saturday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to the Washington football team. They win a game 31-23. Everyone's talking about the Bucs moving on. There's some conversations about the performance from Taylor Heineke coming in. Put some in. respect on his name, Schubert. Yesterday in our live show, you didn't put some you put some respect on his name. I will put some respect on the football player's name. Some of the tweets that have come out about Taylor Heineke, because this is what we do in this world. We, we we bring people down. And some of his tweets are a little suspect. But the football player, the guy that was out there on Saturday keeping it Washington football team, they probably had no business being in that game. In that game, like I said to you, Sean, that I thought this Washington team, albeit with Alex Smith, could give the Bucks some fits. It was Taylor Heineke that was giving them trouble. He had them. That was a one-score game late. He had them in that football game. It's an incredibly impressive effort, but the Bucs do ultimately find a way to win the football game. They move on, setting up a showdown with the New Orleans Saints <laughs> on Super Divisional Round. Showdown, he says. Showdown. This is the worst, worst scheduling for the Tampa Bay Bucks that they wind up, where the way the seeds played out, having to play the New Orleans Saints. If you paid attention, week one, which I was willing to overlook, right? All the new pieces there, no offseason. You lose 34 to 23, and it wasn't even that close in week one. But okay, all the new pieces, as I mentioned, you know, the, no offseason. You, you sweep that one aside. Brady, you'll get it right. Then you get to week nine of the National Football League season, 38 to 3. And I don't even football. know if it was that close. Nope. The Saints are the kryptonite of, of Bruce Arians in this particular Tampa Bay Bucks team. They're going to have to do something super in order to uh, to find a win in the divisional round over this over the Saints because they they have their number. They own them. Own them so far this year. We move to Sunday. Sean, we move to the Sunday slate of games and we have to start first of all with the Ravens and the Titans, the 20 to 13 win for the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson finally gets his first postseason win. But what I want to talk about is the coaching decision by Mike Vrabel to punt the ball late in the game when he's down only four. And he need, like the Tennessee defense wasn't slowing down this this Baltimore offense. They were beat, they were running the football. They were going to take time off the clock. I don't know how on fourth and two you don't look back to a potential MVP candidate and say, hey, Derek, you want the ball here? All right, go out there and, and we'll give it to you. I just don't understand how you do that. It was it was baffling to me in that spot that how on fourth and two you don't just turn and give it to uh, a potential MVP candidate and Derek Henry and, and and go down. Listen, go down with the ship. Either Derek Henry's going to get you two yards and you're going to keep driving and you're going to have a chance to take the lead in the football game, or you're not. Right, but you're gonna go down with your guys, and it just felt like Mike Rabel took the ball out of his best player's hand in that spot, and I didn't like it one bit. Not a fan. I, no, I wasn't a fan of that either. And I know there's another situation we'll talk about that when it comes to the Steelers too, where they had an opportunity late and, and and decided to punt the ball away down two scores. But maybe you don't hand it to Derrick Henry in that situation, considering he you did turn around and hand in the ball 18 times for all of 40 yards. Sean, just he's your over, best player. Just over two yards per carry. Of 
Maybe okay. you're in a maybe you maybe a little play action there. Fine. You boot him out, but you do go for it. You gotta go for it in that situation. Game six, the game six of the NBA Finals. Steph Curry is is one for twenty in shooting the ball. You giving him the ball in the final shot of the game? I don't yeah, know, you so are. He's he's Steph Curry. Different sport, you know. I don't. I, I, it's hard to hard to compare. I'm probably going to if I'm if I'm the Titans, I'm going for it for sure. But I'm probably running some form of play action off of that and booting Tannehill out. So maybe sprint right option. You get the tight end short. You bring another guy up behind him. Who knows? But you 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 definitely go for it. You know, when they didn't go for it there, I was I was absolutely mind boggled. Now your defense had played well to that point. It's not like the Ravens were just going up and down the field on you. So you take that into account. But if I'm if I'm the Titans, I I have to go for it in that situation. It, it was it was it was fairly disappointing. Uh, Lamar picks has the big run and uh, is able to ice the game after that and. It was, uh, it, it, yeah, it was just it, not great, not great. And, and and for the Ravens, they get that win. Credit to their defense; they shut down Derrick Henry. Right? We're talking about giving him the ball. Eighteen they carries, forty job. yards. Eighteen yeah, carries, forty yards. Yeah. Shutting him down. So credit to them. And now they set up a nice match. Ravens Bills next Saturday, John, or next weekend. I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday, but I think it's Saturday. That'll be fun. That's a fun little game. Okay, talk about not fun. This game was the opposite of fun. The Saints beat the Bears 21-9 in the game that the NFL decided this is the game we're going to put on Nickelodeon to to showcase to the youth uh, of America and of the world this great sport. And they had to watch the Bears' offense for four quarters. So apologies to the youth of America uh, for being exposed to that. I enjoyed the Nickelodeon broadcast. I tuned in for the first quarter of it to see, to see what unique things they were going to do. It was fun. Uh, that was the only fun part about this football game because it was pretty boring other than that. Uh, Saints win 21-9. <laughs> All right, moving on. The last game on the slate. <laughs> and this is the shock of the weekend, Sean. Without their head coach, with their facility shut down basically all week, they're down Joel Batonio and all pro guard. They're down Olivier Vernon on defense. The Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, they saunter into Heinz Field, and they the score says 48-37, to 37, but from the word go, they were all over the Pittsburgh Steelers, all over them. A bad snap on the first play leads to a touchdown, and before you could even blink, it was 28-0 Browns. Or you could blink. It was 28-0 Browns. The Pittsburgh Steelers tried to make a comeback in the third quarter in the second half of this football game. But Baker, Baker, the touchdown maker, the Cleveland Browns, they move on. They will play the Kansas City Chiefs next week. And, Sean, how about this? Baker Mayfield, the oldest quarterback left in the AFC playoff picture to just show you the youth movement at quarterback in the AFC. I know you're looking at me. I just, listen, I got to give Baker love. You're What's putting this on Baker? No, no, not the at hell all. What no. he do? No, not at all. No, no. But they won the football game. <laughs> He played well. <laughs> he says Baker, Baker, the touchdown maker. Doesn't do a damn thing yesterday. Um, but he didn't have to. It's not his fault. I'm not knocking Baker for that. But, uh, you know, the snap over the head set the tone. And even then I'm thinking you're fine. If you're going to make that kind of a mistake, you make it on the first play of the game. Yeah. It gives you 59 oh. minutes to recover. You're fine. Then Ben throws here. the interception. And, like, you're still fine. You're fine. And then Ben throws another interception. I'm thinking, and then they, when, when Chubb punched it in after that one, I, I texted my buddy, the Steelers fan. I said, "Okay, now you got a problem. It's 21, 21 nothing. Now you, now you, now you got a problem." Then it became 28 nothing, and they just yeah, you, Pittsburgh was game. You know, they had an opportunity late. Mike Tomlin makes a very similar similar decision where they're down two scores, fourth quarter, in you know beyond the 40, out now out by midfield. Down 12. You, you go for it. Like, you go it, for it. I, I, I really don't understand how you can punt that ball away, but the Steelers do. And and then Chubb ends up with, uh, I think, just a little 
little dump off from Baker that he takes to the house, man. And and it was it, it was that was ball game at that point. And Sean, help me with this, right? Because didn't on the previous Pittsburgh possession. Mike Tomlin settled for the field goal there, right? Didn't on the previous play they kicked the field well, goal. The field goal there was fine. It no, was... no, no, no. What I'm saying is when you when you decide to kick the field goal there, you then are making you, the decision we're go. going for. Yeah, you right? gotta like, go. If we're gonna not go for it there and put the points on the board, we're then saying, okay, well, the next time we get the ball, we're going. for it. I also found it odd that there was a there was after one of the touchdowns late, there was an opportunity to go for two to cut it to eleven, and he kicked the extra point to cut it to twelve. But then on the next touchdown, he decided to go for it. Uh, go for two to try to cut it back to 11. That was after the the Browns had answered with the touchdown. It was, just, it was odd. Yeah, it was odd at times. But, um, hey, good for the Browns, man. I mean, yeah. you haven't won a football game since before you were alive. In the playoffs since before you were alive, right? Yeah, they, the last playoff win they had was in 1995, right? With Belichick yeah. against the And you Patriots. were? So I was one. You were one. So you were alive. I was one. Okay. Yeah. So the Bills so as your, well. How about that? Two, your, AFC, two AFC teams who hadn't won a playoff game. Since the nineties or mid nineties, when you were one, you've never seen these teams win a playoff game before. And the stat no. they showed after the game that this is the first Browns road playoff game since '69, since before the merger. Insane. Listen, it's rough to be to be a to be a Browns fan. All right, here are your matchups, Sean. And we'll preview these later in the week. We'll play the line is right. I'm not going to give you the numbers on this, but here are the games for 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 next weekend. Mm -hmm. Saturday afternoon, Rams at the Packers. Saturday evening, Ravens at Bills. Probably clear your calendar for that one. That one should be a lot of fun. Sunday, Browns at Chiefs in the afternoon, and then Bucks at Saints at night. So four great games should be a lot of fun. Super divisional round is what we're calling it here on this show. Sean, it's a Monday. It's a post-football Monday, and that means one thing and one thing only. The Manscaped full-grown man salute is next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, got to tell you about our friends, as always, with Earnhardt Auto Centers, a proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone, the 19 Arizona locations, the 21 dealerships, and 17 brands. It doesn't matter where you're at in the Valley. Are you living in the north side, south, east, west? Doesn't matter where you're at in the Valley. Earnhardt has you covered for that new ride you've got your eye on. And we told you earlier in the show about the Noble Express option. Noble.com is where you want to go. 10,000 vehicles at your fingertips. But with the Noble Express option, it turns the entire buying process into an absolute breeze from right there in the comfort of your own home, from test driving a vehicle delivered to your door, to the financial application, to the delivery of your new ride once you, you finish the purchasing process. You don't even have to leave the front door to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that just can't be beat. The Earnhardt name. It's a name you know you can trust. 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Schubert, it's time. It is time. And, Sean, I, I, can can I do a little little you know paid promotion here right off the top before yeah, what we do get you started do? here? I, sh I showed this off earlier, but this is the box that you mm -hmm. get when you get the Manscaped Cologne. I'll open it up here for you. Oh, look at that! Comes in, comes in there. Now I took it out because I'm going to show it to you here out of the box. This is this is what you're getting, folks. This is this is top of the line stuff here. The Manscaped Refined Cologne there. So this is I've go been to Manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping. This is a brand new product. This is mm -hmm. brand new. They sent this to us ahead of time. They're like, guys, this is coming out at the beginning of the year. We want you to get to get comfortable with it. This stuff's awesome. Okay. I put so uh, over to Manscaped. I used it. I used it without telling Lindsay, and I got a compliment. Without telling her, I was even putting it on. Got the compliment. So there you go. There you go. Noble no is the promo code at manscaped.com, which is what Schubert was about to tell you when I cut him off. Yes. yes. You get 20% off and free shipping. Okay. It is time. 
Speaking of Manscaped, for the full grown man salute, we give out these awards every Monday for a, a just a top tier performance. In uh, so far, it's been the National Football League hasn't really uh, gone to other sports, but maybe well now that the football season is winding to an end, other players potentially make the list. And Sean, my guy, this guy who had a lot of stories written about him. Okay, been told that he couldn't get it done in the postseason, and the, the narrative was building. This guy is not built for the postseason. This Ram, this Ravens team, they're not going to be able to win a Super Bowl. They're not going to be able to go deep in the postseason with Lamar Jackson. And boy, they did not get off to a good start because before they could blink, they were down 10 nothing due to a bad pick from Lamar Jackson. He battled back. Ended the day 17 of 24, 179 yards. He did throw that pick, but on the ground, most importantly, 16 carries, 136 yards, and that touchdown in which he just made the 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 Tennessee defense look silly. Lamar Jackson for for busting that narrative, showing that he could win a postseason game, getting rid of that you know narrative that was that cloud that was hanging over him for getting rid of that. Lamar Jackson, you get my manscaped, full grown man salute. I don't. I don't have my uh, one more three pointer. Well, thank God I did, or wouldn't have wouldn't even yeah. had a sound effect right. there if I didn't have it. Uh, Lamar Jackson definitely deserves it. That 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 uh, next gear he found right in the middle of that run for the touchdown was pretty pretty sensational, yeah. dude. He was already flying, and then in the middle of that run, just another gear, and you're like, oh lord, that is an athlete like we haven't seen very uh, very often in the National Football League. Uh, another gentleman. You're giving it to Derrick Henry, right, Sean? Because that's what you do on this. You got to have more than 50 yards for me to give you the, the full grown man salute. So, unfortunate for Derrick Henry, he's not making a fifth appearance for me. Oh, but Josh this, Allen had more rushing yards than him. This man is. Yeah. This man, another man who maybe could have a chip on his shoulder, told he couldn't get it done. He's too inaccurate, Schubert, when coming out of coming out of college. He's just too inaccurate with the football. It's not going to work in the in the NFL. Year one, all he does is try to run the ball. He doesn't stand in the pocket enough. He doesn't deliver it. This man, not good enough. Josh Allen yesterday, or two days ago now, I should say, 26 of 35, 324 yards, pretty accurate, two touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, still uses those legs, 11 carries, 54 yards and a touchdown as the Buffalo Bills. Circle the wagons, the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagon. Winning a like playoff game Hill. for the first time since 1995. You got to give it to him. A full-grown man salute. Raise your lawnmower 3.0 and salute. You, Josh Allen, you get my full-grown man salute for the week. So there you have it. The Manscaped full-grown man salute. As Sean mentioned earlier, head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code NOBLE. You'll get 20% off all the products that we talk about in this show. The lawnmower 3.0, Perfect Package 3.0, the brand new cologne that we've been talking about here on the show today. So just head over there and you will get 20% off and free shipping. That is going to do it for us here on the Monday edition of the show. Oh, as always, follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at SCressman02. Give him suggestions, right, guys? Because... Um, Cashier with Crestman's over, right? It, it, it is it is reached the <laughs> conclusion because he's now out of points. He, he doesn't have any of the fictitious points that I gave to him at the beginning of the year. We now have to come up with a new thing to do on the Sunday show. We don't, we don't, you know, Cashier with Crestman. I went 0 and 3 this week, and I assumed that I thought you were going to be harder on me than you have been today on the show because um, it was fairly em- embarrassing. I went with the uh, – what, what did I start with? Oh, well, I went so, with Titans. This is, you went with the Titans plus three and a half, and then you doubled down and said they're going to win the football game. You got yeah. both wrong. They lost I, the I football did. game and didn't cover. I did. It, they were up 10 nothing. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good here. In the yeah, first, I was waiting in the for the text game. message from you. I and then you had the uh, – and then you wound up with you know the Saints. I thought the Bears could keep it within 10, and they flirted with that for most of the game. Uh, and it just weren't able to get it done for me. And, and then, then, and then you didn't get the two point conversion at the end of the game. Oh, I know right when now. Jimmy Graham uh, that, talk about a play that's going to get no 
discussion because it shouldn't. You know, the game was basically over. But the one-handed oh, no, one re- you know, grab by Jimmy Graham, and then dude was like, yeah, I know I played here back in the day, but I'm out, deuces. I'm going straight to the locker room. Uh, Jimmy Graham just runs right off the field. But, yeah, if they were able to go for two, I'd have been good in that ball game. But then I also took the Steelers. There's no way the Browns keep that game within five and a half. No way. They didn't. They beat the Steelers right. by more than that. Yeah. Yeah, they beat them <laughs> by 11. Like, oh, God. And they were That's how it ends for Sean Crespin. So follow yeah. him on Twitter, at SCrespin02. Give him suggestions on what that segment could become uh, moving forward. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to re-up. I'm going to take out a loan from whatever fictitious bank supplies the, the, fic- the, the fictitious receiver. money that we were using and uh i'm gonna go i'm, I'm gonna go from there all right yeah, i'm gonna charge you interest on it, then well i'm gonna give out those points the we're vig charge you charge, yeah, yeah okay. we're gonna charge interest so follow him there at xcrespin02 uh and wherever you get the, your podcast apple podcast google podcast spotify anchor podcast whatever app you use for your podcast we greatly do appreciate you rating following subscribing sharing this podcast with your friends uh big things here in 2021 as we just get started so we appreciate you being on board that's gonna do it for us today we'll be back on wednesday everybody have a good one